Bob was here a couple of months ago. Bob and Evan traveling together, and uh, guy Bob preached. And um, remember, he had like words for people at the end. Do you remember that service? You might like praying for people, and it was a great, a great morning. Um, and just over the last couple of years, somehow the Lord has aligned Evan and Bob and, and their church in the states in Cleveland with with Liberty here. In a way, that's different than usually, like, I don't know, people are bringing over teams or we're running kids' clubs or some training or something or whatever. These guys, somehow, the Lord has just connected them as brothers, like, agenda-free, no ask on either side other than there's something in them that I believe the Lord wants to give to us and something in us that I believe the Lord wants to give to them. And uh, it feels just pure and beautiful and and God-honoring. And so Evan is with us this morning. And I feel he's here as a brother. I feel he's here as one of us, not as a guest speaker from the States or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I feel just this affinity and connection that, you know, we are one body in Jesus. And we said it out loud, but we can feel even alien from the Christians who are doing the same thing as us on the next corner there, right? But, uh, but somehow the Lord has, has made this connection between us. I don't know what he's doing, but he knows what he's up to. Yeah? And uh, so let me just pray for you, Evan, as you come up. Um, we bless Evan, Lord God. We affirm him as a man of God. We thank you for, um, for bringing him to us, Lord. And just even lay hands on him this morning and ask that uh, your anointing will continue to flow through him, Lord God, in the vein of what your Holy Spirit is doing this morning. Holy Spirit, this is your church. Jesus, it's your church, Father. We're your church. We're your servants. We're here to build up one another, Lord God. We're here to be found in your presence and want what you want. And so we surrender to that this morning. Ask that you would use Evan, anoint him, Lord God, to carry us on in that vein. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Wow. Did anybody sense the invitation this morning to come in deeper in his presence? Um, I don't know if I was the only one, but man, there was just such a sweet presence of Jesus this morning. There was an invitation just to lay aside all the junk and uh, just just come in with just simplicity of just surrender worship. You know, it's more more and more I'm learning in this season. He's teaching me that he doesn't he doesn't need my strength. And uh, I feel like I'm giving him my best when I give him my strength. And uh, he's teaching me, I think he's teaching the body of Christ. You talk about alignment. Alignment looks like surrender. Allowing him to be Lord, allowing him to, to lead. You know, he's the good shepherd. He says he's the chief shepherd. And uh, I think, you know, I've I've gone to leadership conferences and sat in all kinds of meetings and I'm sure you have and there's all kinds of books on leadership and can you guys understand me okay with my southern accent um yeah so I'll I'll share a little bit more about me in a minute but um you know you get a lot of great teachings and I think there's bleed in from business there's bleed in from Greco-Roman influence and you know, and just how we think, and even Western, uh, some Western mindset, and for us, and just, but uh, but the kingdom is different. The kingdom is flip flop. I remember one day I was praying, and and uh, the Lord, He was like, you know, He He said, turn the triangle upside down. You know, the the typical is the hierarchy. And most leadership and stuff is you you've got to you, you kind of come to an apex. There's a top dog, right? There's the there's a top, but you know Jesus says he came as the servant of all. He flipped it, right? 
And so this place of we get to join in the surrender. And it says in Philippians 2 that he, he came in humility as a bondservant. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to grasp, isn't it? Because so much of our society is about push to be confident, to feel strong, to be the best, to, to represent something strong. And he's like, no, you don't have to be strong. Let me be strong. And his strength is being perfected in us. I didn't plan on saying this, but I'm just, just saying there's a place he's weaning us from this place that we feel like we have to be strong. That I have to know. So I'm a lead pastor in Cleveland, Tennessee at Living Word Church. And um, we were really excited about stepping into 2020. Because we, we had momentum. We had teams that were happening. Our, our church family, sorry, our church family was growing. We had things in place. Our, our welcome, our first impressions team, they were killing it. You know, we had like posters and a Bluetooth speaker and stuff. And people coming in and we're just like jamming, you know, welcoming people. And we had, we had all kinds of things that we were planning on doing. We had our leadership equipped groups and stuff. And we had all, the, had all this and then... And then the world changed. And we found out that even as the world was changing, and I, I don't think that it was because of COVID or whatever you want to say, but I think there was something on God's timeline that He was doing and shifting and moving. And we, we thought that He needed our strength. And the very things that we were poised to step into, the very things that we've been planning on, we're ready for these launches, these big, these big things. And, and it just felt like everything, God hit a big pause button or something. At least that's what it felt like. It felt like this big pause button happened, right? And we're like wondering what's going on. And, in, and as it went further and further, there was this, this call to us just to come and wait. Just to wait. Just to wait. Him. And rest sounds really cool until you actually practice it. Rest sounds, you know, can like it'd be a good thing, you know. It's not a it's not a get a nap kind of rest. And it's it's not like it, it's this place of I'm choosing and allow him to be God and him do what he wants to do, even if I don't see the way clearly. And I think there's a place of Waiting on him, the church has not been very good at. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you guys hear me without this? I keep on somehow any, hitting the, the the XLR cable or something and messing it up. So I'll try to try to be better. Um, but we, I think we've, and so often in, in uh, you know in in our in our church and uh, back home, and in a lot of churches and things, when there's times like we just waited today during worship. Did, did you notice that? We just took time just to wait and listen to the Lord. So often we'll fill that space because it feels uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, we just feel it. like, okay, it's, it's God's moving. Okay, let's do something. And he's been just showing us that he doesn't need us to always do something. And there's, we're in this process of waiting. But in, in this... I hope I'm making sense, but in this time, we realize that 
we we didn't think that we were relying on our programs. We didn't think we were ambitious. We didn't think any of these things. We thought we were following and relying on the Holy Spirit. And I think we were for that time period. But there was a greater dimension that God is calling His bride, He's calling His church into, which is total up reliance and dependence and surrender to Him. And we're getting to see Him do stuff that we can't do. See, that's the beautiful thing about rest, the beautiful thing about His grace, which I'm going to talk more about in a minute. Uh, you didn't tell me time, so I just need you to be like, do some kind of alarm. Yeah, there you go. Um, but there's something about when we exchange our strength for His grace, we get to see Him do amazing things that we can't do. And as we've waited and we've had times, honestly, it's been so glorious at times that we've had these times just like we experienced some of this morning, the stillness, the sweet presence of Jesus and nobody wants to say anything. You know, it's a big deal when you have like 30 people together and no one wants to talk. Because there's always talkers in every room, right? But when, when the, pre- and I'll, I'm not downing talkers, I'm just saying like we all have different personalities, but there's always somebody that wants to step up and, and talk. But when the presence of the Lord comes in and it feels like such a holy hush, nobody wants to say anything. It's just beautiful. Because there's nothing like his presence. So I've got a bunch of notes. And as often is the case these days, I don't get through half of them. Because it's not about getting through notes and it's not about me having great oratory. But I think there's a place of just following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's not devoid of study. I'm not saying that. But there's something about this. We were talking a little bit this morning, and it was interesting. Some of the sync that we were seeing is, I feel like there's this place of, you know, everything in God's kingdom, everything he does is supernatural. And, uh, you know, I think about the gift of salvation. Man, especially in some of the circles I'm in, you know, it's like we want to see cancer heal. We want to see these things, and he does that. But it's almost like salvation is downplayed. Because that's the biggest transformational miracle ever. You can't just go from be transferred from the kingdom of light, I mean kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light without God. And the very fact that He creates us as He makes us new creations. It, I mean, you talked about union briefly today. That's where I'm stuck, Bernard. I'm just like stuck in the union. And it's like, where does Jesus begin and Evan end? And when it's like it's like water, okay? Where does one particle of water stop and the next one? Just just what does that look like? It's just so seamless. The place that He's called us to walk into is any of this making sense, or am I just babbling on? There's this place of of just what He's opened up to us is it's all supernatural. You know, we read like I read the Bible these days. And instead of just looking at it through metaphorical lenses and figures of speech, I'm like, it becomes real. And I've been raised in church my whole life. And I've read scripture and it's had impact and revelation. But I'm, but it's like I'm seeing, it's like I'm seeing through a completely different lens. I'm like, when he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe he actually wants us to taste it. 
Maybe you actually, and I don't know if that's like my taste buds actually taste chocolate. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that tastes. I don't know what that's like. But there's a place that even like we experienced some this morning, it's just, it's all encompassing. It just, it takes over, his presence takes over our senses. It's so palpable. It's so right here. And so just looking through the lens, so just real quickly, uh, I want to hit grace for a minute. As often is the case, sometimes the real meaning and purpose of things somehow gets weakened, diluted, and eroded. And grace sometimes is one of those words that is just used very flippantly. But the, the power and the transformational uh, the transformational meaning of grace is just is too wonderful. And there's a grace, I believe that there's an empowering grace that we've, we have as the body of Christ that we've, we are invited to step into. I don't do very good at staying on a tether. As you guys will see, I'm just like, I generally go like this the whole time and drive people crazy. But there's this, this place of invitation of His grace to change. So you can only change by the empowerment of His grace. I can't change myself. I've tried. I don't know if you guys have tried to change something in your life and you just get exasperated. You know, I try to lose weight and I try to like do interim, like intermittent fasting and stuff and just try to be disciplined, just to do some exercise and stuff. And, and I get about two days into it. I'm pretty, pretty, you know, I'm feeling really good until the chocolate cake comes rolling around. And they're like, ooh, that looks pretty good. This actually may be better than this intermittent fasting. And then, you know, 10 pounds later, I'm like, maybe it wasn't. But the point I'm saying is they're just things, even simple stuff. How I love my family. How I love my kids. How I prefer others around me. The peace that I walk in. The peace with myself, man, that's a huge one, right? A lot of people can look good on the outside, but do we have peace inside where we, where we see ourselves as Christ sees us? Actually, how I ended up in Ireland, I don't know what this is, guys. It may not even be a sermon. I don't know what this is. So it may be a talk. It's a chat with Evan. I don't know. But uh, my whole journey of, of even ending up in Ireland is this God's story of him opening up my eyes to see value in myself that I didn't see. It started like this. One day I was praying. No, sorry. I was I was sleeping. This is a good way to receive something from the Lord. Is in rest. But I was sleeping. I don't dream a whole lot. So when I do dream, a lot of times I pay attention because a lot of times it means something, especially if I remember details. Well, in this dream, I won't tell you the whole dream, but in this dream, I was in this house, and it was really cool because it was like old, like Renaissance era kind of art, but also had like modern kind of couches and stuff. It was like this mashup of these two things, right? And it was just big open room, and then there was this staircase to the side. If you imagine this, just one wall, and there's staircase that went up on the side, and it had tattered carpet, and then there was this room that opened up 
to it on the left. And in the dream, Holy Spirit, as I come, come to find out later, as the Lord told me what it meant, was the Holy Spirit was saying, I want to take you up to this room you've never been to before. Pardon the mess, it's under renovation. Yeah, I'll like spoiler alert, I'm the house. I'm the house. And Holy Spirit is showing me, give me a tour of my house, if you will, right? And so it's kind of my eclectic personality because I got like Renaissance stuff and I've got this mashup of modern, you know, that's but anyway, I knew behind this door the Holy Spirit wanted to take me to was a glory I've never experienced before. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, go to the ultimate journey. Ultimate, so I was praying at this time that there was, I was praying and just, I felt like the Lord was leading me to do this inner healing thing. I mean, and I didn't know, and I had a number of friends have gone different places in the U.S. And uh, there was one called the ultimate journey. And uh, it's in Iowa, which is, I'd never been to Iowa. And it's further than some of the ones that were closer to me. But it, but I knew that in this dream there was something that God wanted to do in my life. And so my thinking was, as the lead pastor at a, at a church, and this this is in 2019, 2018-2019, uh, I knew that I didn't want to hold back my church from stepping into greater things from the Lord. So I'm going to go do this thing for God and country. And I want to do this thing for Living Word Church, you know, because I don't want to be the guy that's stopping up what God's wanting to do. And I, I got there, and we started this process, and I realized that I was bamboozled. I don't know if that's a word you guys even use here, but... I realized that I've been tricked in the nicest way. Because what it was about was healing and self-value. See, prior, three years prior, I had been invited by Ray Hughes. I think every time he came to my church, Evan, why don't you come to Ireland with me? And, uh, and I knew it was an expensive trip. I knew there were things and and my uh, my scapegoat was, well, it's, you know, the Lord hasn't given me an assignment. I need to have a really strong assignment. There needs to be sacrifice involved, and it needs to be like sleeping on some like concrete floor, you know, on a mat, you know, eating rice. Uh, I don't know. And so when I came back from this trip, the Lord is like, I want to give you a gift. You know, the Lord gives us extravagant gifts all the time, but sometimes we don't recognize them. But this is one of those times that I did recognize a gift he was wanting to give me, but it took a lot for me to say yes. Because it felt too much. You know, we each each of us probably have a dollar amount, or I don't know how that transfers, but you get what I'm saying. We each have an amount that we feel is okay to receive. And there's an amount, then we start to say, I'm not worth that. That's too much. I would guarantee most everyone in this room, there's some dollar amount attached to what you feel comfortable receiving. And if it exceeds that, I'm not, I'm not worth that. See, it's not about money. 
You know, it talks about the, the, the one that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of times we get to that second part, and we just kind of blah, 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 just blur it, you know. But I'm finding that if I don't love myself, and I don't see myself with the lens that Christ sees me as, I'm not going to love you very well either. Because if, if I'm judging myself, I'm also looking out with eyes of judgment whether I mean to or not. And so he wants he wants us to see what he sees. His see ourselves with his love, which is, man, it, it, this is a difficult thing I'm talking about, right? This isn't just like roses and candy corn. I don't know if you guys have candy corn here, but anyway, it's just, it's this place. So fast forward my story. My wife has always wanted to come to Ireland. And, uh, but we were praying. She says, babe, I really feel like you're supposed to go to by yourself. This is for you. That became even more of an expensive gift because it was something my wife would love to do. So I'm saying yes, and I'm also saying yes to, to going by myself and doing this. And I didn't know that God had an encounter waiting for me. On a bus. Anybody ever been on a tour bus before? Yeah, like a bunch of people in there you don't know very well. well. I was on the front row, the front seat behind Ray, and he's talking about some revival history in Ireland, you know, and the presence of the Lord is getting thick. And I started feeling the presence of the Lord stronger, stronger, stronger. Is this okay to talk this way? I, I didn't really mean to go into this story, but. And, uh, man, Holy Spirit knows how just how to talk to us, doesn't he? And I was sitting there in this seat, and and uh, it was like God started a conversation that I didn't know was him from when I was 15 years old. And it was just like he picked up on a conversation that I didn't even know was a conversation. Now, does that make sense? And it was like, because here's here's the thing, I didn't... I grew up, I said this, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't feel like I heard God's voice until I was in my 20s. I didn't know it. I didn't know there was a place of pain until I started hearing his voice because I didn't know how much I, I, I agreed that I wasn't I could, comparing myself to others and all this stuff. So anyway, I'm there, and the, and the Lord said, he started this conversation, no, no intro, no intro, just boom. Started this conversation and said, Evan, I've been chasing you to Ireland. And he said, he said, the desire you had to go to Europe to share my love and the minister was me. That wasn't just your own fancy. That wasn't your, just your own desire. See, I I just kind of let that go because there are more needy places than Europe, you know? Well, I mean, that was my thought. There, there are more needy places like Nepal and Africa and, you know, impoverished places. And then I realized in this moment, God was speaking to me at 15. 
And it was like even that became a part of healing. I'll tell you the rest of the story. And this part's quicker. I was so overcome by the presence of the Lord and him speaking to this boy at 15 that didn't feel connected to God that I just started, like tears just started flowing on my face. And I turned my face away from everybody and put my head in the wall. And they were putting my head right there in the corner and I put on my shades so hopefully nobody would see me, you know. And I'm a mess. And I'm just like, he's just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. Well, then it got really bad because it was like a dam broke inside of me that I didn't know that I had. And all this emotion and all this, all this pent up pain and, and this, this place of healing that God was doing just came rushing out. And I found myself like, God, ah, that was, I, was, I was yelling in a bus. It was, it was just like this cry came out that I didn't know I had. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't neatly packaged and one, you know, it was just great. It was a mess. And God spoke some other things. My point is this. I feel like I need to give some scriptural reference to legitimize what I'm saying. <laughs> He gives us grace to change. I believe there's encounters and transform there's there's moments of transformation. Second Corinthians three eighteen says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. Or one version says ever increasing glory. What does that even mean? You talked about like going deep and studying and just like things becoming more rich and more meaningful. What does glory look like? Even in its most mildest definitions, to say the word glory doesn't doesn't it kind of hit you? It hits you. It's like it, it's not something common. It's not something weak. It's something strong. And if he's if he wants to move us from glory to glory, what does that even look like? I believe there's there's transformative moments that he has for every one of us. You know, in the, the Greek, there's two, as far as I know, there's two types of time. There's chronos, which is time. And then there's kairos, which is God-appointed time. See, there's things, Psalms 139 says that he's already written a book about us. I love it. I love I love the thoughtfulness and intentionality of God because he's a father. And he's already written out the best story of your life. And the way I say it, he's like, Evan, I can't wait till you get to chapter three. Because there's God appointed moments and times of transformation and of his grace of empowerment change that he has for every one of us. And all it requires, you said it yesterday, is a yes. I think it was you that somebody said, is all he wants is our yes. All he wants is our yes. And if you give him your yes, just watch out. He'll, he'll take your yes and he'll multiply. He'll multiply it and he'll, he'll just bring you to things that you never knew possible. The fact that I'm standing here in Bray, 
in a church in Ireland blows my brain. Because I would never thought in my wildest dreams. That God would connect me so lovingly, so tenderly, and so there's something kindred. There's something we don't know what all it is. We've talked, and Rob and Noel and me and Bob, and we're not trying to put parameters on it. We're not necessarily even trying to figure it out. We're just we're just recognizing God's doing something. And I think that if we just surveyed our lives, as we keep on saying yes, we will each recognize the hand of God. We'll recognize the purpose of the God. We'll, we'll, we'll recognize the draw of God to step into more. Out of my 33 pages of notes... There's a quote that says, His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. You guys know this song? My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect when you are weak. Something like that. All that I cling to, I lay at your feet. Your grace is sufficient for me. Would you stand? Just ask you to just quiet your heart. We serve a very real king, a really, a really real father. And he's not a father that's mute. He's not a father that's distant. He's not a father that's angry. But he's a father that pursues with love. I would just ask you what's something that he is tenderly putting his finger on and saying, I want that. He's tenderly putting his finger on and saying, I want that part of your life. I want that part of your life. I'm just I'm just and ask as he reveals, and it may not even be in this context of, of what I even asked you to ask him, because Holy Spirit can say whatever he wants. But I would just invite him, Father, what are you wanting to change? What what's that place I can step into your grace for change and transformation?
Lord, we come with humility. Lord, we don't know how to lead our lives. We don't know how to step into the more that you've called us into. All we know is to say yes and to move closer to you. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Lord, open the eyes. Lord, open our hearts to respond. Lord, every stubborn place in me, God, would you remove every stubborn place in me through fear and disappointment. Lord, would you remove every stubborn place in me Every place, Lord, that says you're not trustworthy or that you're not, I can't trust you. Lord, would you, would you heal every wound? Heal every wound, Father. That we could come with a confident yes and say, Lord, all to Jesus. All I am and have. Jesus name do you want to have um you want take from here you want to pray for anybody or whatever do you have a team do you have a prayer team or yeah we just pray for some people and if if uh, if you realize that you're in this, it, there's there's you feel a tug and you feel the Father is is pulling you into something. He is drawing you into something where you uh, he's asking. See, Father never asks for something without giving something back. He's not he's not egotistical. He doesn't need our stuff. He wants our freedom. And so anytime he asks for something, it's because he wants us to step into more freedom. So if you want specifically, if you feel like there's a tug there and you want prayer, you don't have to. If you want prayer, I just invite you to come. Or raise your hand or whatever. I'd love to pray for you. Lord, I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in Liberty Church in Bray. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're ministering to your people. You love your people here. Lord, I bless this city. Lord, you said that when you're received with blessing, leave a blessing. So, Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, the authority you have and the grace of God on my life, I bless this city. Lord, I bless this church family. Lord, I thank you, Father, for them allowing me to speak. Bless them abundantly, Lord. Take them into more than they can ask, think, or imagine, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Evan. So we'll stay around the front here. If you, if you guys want prayer, just come up and we'll pray for you.